the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Tonight, this is a special edition of The Advocate uh, for the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Tonight, we're going to be joined with uh, two guests, and we're going to be spending the entire hour together talking about uh, issues concerning the COVID uh, virus. Uh, first, I'd like to welcome Nan Baker, Cuyahoga County Council member. Nan, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. It's good to be here and talk with you and uh, look forward to the next hour. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting hour uh, and yes. we, uh, to talk about uh, what's going on with the government from the government perspective here in Cuyahoga County, but also from a medical perspective from uh, Wisconsin, we have Dr. Hans Reichsteiner. Dr. Reichsteiner, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Uh, this is something. Thank you. Yeah, we had you on, uh, I think, a week or two ago. Thank you for returning. Um, in, interesting with COVID-19 that uh, the pandemic, as it's continuing to grow in magnitude, uh, it's developed into a, a happening that uh, is rivaling World War II in some ways. Uh, We're going to be talking about the various things about it. The president today just extended the distancing rule until the end of April. And uh, but cases here in Ohio are are still being lowered and spread out as far as how many new cases we're developing. We're going to be talking about some things tonight that include uh, places you want to call, websites you want to see. So you may want to grab some uh, pen and paper and be ready to write down some interesting and important information. Uh, first, let me talk to uh, Nan Baker and find out uh, from a Cuyahoga County standpoint uh, how we're yeah. doing. And I'm, I'm looking at the Ohio Department of Health dashboard now, whereas yeah. on Sunday night we have 1,653 confirmed cases. Uh, we have 139 ICU admissions, and we have 403 hospitalizations in Ohio and 29 deaths. Uh, and we're tracking that uh, every day. And the split between male and females, uh, 50% to 49% women. Anyway, how's it look from Cuyahoga County's point of view, Nan? Well, we're, you know, we're in the, the war, as they say, uh, as with all other counties. But Cuyahoga County does have, uh, you know, it is a large county, so it has more cases. As of yesterday, we are up to th- 370 cases, 78 hospitalized and we have three deaths. Um, it is notable that two are uh, older than 80 and one is older than 70. But uh, that shouldn't um, not uh, make us think that uh, we aren't all vulnerable and that we are all in this together, as you've heard repeatedly. Um, there are, you know, it's all hands on deck when it comes to Cuyahoga County. We have some outstanding uh, people in all phases, whether it's safety workers or our medical industry, 
They are um, on the front lines, even those that we sometimes don't think about, those in the grocery stores and uh, doing things to help people, the food banks. They're all um, in this to help others, and uh, we need to make sure that we recognize what they're doing for us. You know, there's a few things I, I just wanted to go over, and I know that it's been said to exhaustion, but it really is what's going to make a difference. Um, washing your hands for at least 20 seconds and disinfecting the surfaces around your home. And when you sneeze or cough, make sure that uh, you use a tissue if you can. Throw that tissue away. And if not, cough into your elbow or sleeve and not in your hands. Um, also, staying home and avoiding gatherings of more than 10 people. Cuyahoga County is absolutely uh, reinforcing that. Uh, social distancing by keeping a distance of at least six feet from others uh, if you have to go out in public. We at Cuyahoga County, all of our offices are closed, all of our um, offices in our main building. Of course, there are, the services are there and people are there to answer the phone, but um, there is a lot of um, distance type of help uh, when you call in so that uh, we try to protect those that are helping others. Uh, things like uh, using soap, uh, and if it's not available, use hand sanitizer with at least 60% alcohol. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands. And please stay home if you are sick. Um, that really is uh, a very important part of this. And don't forget about cleaning tabletops and doorknobs and light switches and handles and things. Um, those are important parts. Uh, we do have a, a list that I'd like to give out of different services. I've kind of hand-picked what I thought people would need or want to know. Um, let me know when I have time to run through that list, um, Nick. Well, let's go, through, let's go through part of it now. Just get a first, uh, you know, two or three Great. of these, and we'll, we'll periodically go through. Great. Well, first on the list, um, because there has been so much um, trouble in trying to, to break through, the unemployment benefits, uh, there is a new number to reset a password, and I was given that new number just uh, Friday. And that's one, and if you, you know, those out there, I hope you have your pen and paper handy. Uh, it's 1-866-962-4062. Also, the Cuyahoga County has set up a helpline, which they didn't have before, but they, they do have it set up now specifically for the COVID-19. And that number is 1-855-711-3035. And as I said, uh, we have outstanding people that are in all different parts of Cuyahoga County uh, agencies that are serving people um, that are in need. The Job and Family Services, if you need to reach out to their customer relations, that number is 216-802-2810. Office of Homeless Services Central Intake is 216-674-6700. And Senior and Adult Services, they're out there also. Now, we do have Senior and Adult Services in each of our cities for the most part, but there is a Cuyahoga County service, and that is 216-420-6700. The Adams Board, very important board, does a lot of work uh, helping people. That's 216-241-3400. The Board of Health, 216-201-2000. And the Greater Cleveland Food Bank, 
216-738-2067. Metro's hotline, if you're experiencing any symptoms, 440-592-6843. And finally, the VA Resource and Referral Center for Veterans is 216-391-0264. Those are all, not all agencies, those are agencies I thought perhaps would be the most uh, in need of helping people if they are having any symptoms or having any questions or worried about any friends or family members. Those are the people that are in the front lines there to help you. Those are very important, very important numbers. And uh, what what we're going to do is we'll come back and we'll, we'll tell everyone those numbers again before we're done tonight. But uh, we have a couple of minutes before our first break. And I want to talk to uh, Dr. Reichsteiner. Uh, we're, we're talking about the a virus that's passing through the population and uh, all of the governmental things that are being done are being done in an effort and with a theme that we're going to be separating people. Maintain your distance. Stay away from the droplets coming out of other humans' bodies, primarily sneezes and uh, even speech where some people will, will maybe pop their peas and pop out a little saliva. That's enough to do it. Uh, is that still the primary cause uh, and method for transmission of the virus? Yes, yes. The virus comes out of the respiratory system in water droplets and either passes directly to another person or settles on a surface, which they might touch. One minute to music. And um, so that is the main, the main way it's passed. And we've sort of heard that from the beginning of the pandemic that uh, watch out for the droplets because the droplets come out and then they land. If if you don't actually have them land on you, on your hands or on your face or anything, then we're going to have them landing on surfaces. And there are different times uh, that the virus will live on these different surfaces depending on the surface it lands on. Uh, we're, we're going to take a short break here in a moment, uh, but uh, we, we want to get into more detail with regard to the medical science concerning this. I, I think uh, tonight's show is designed not for politicians or designed for medical people particularly, but primarily designed for people uh, who are average people who are going to have to survive uh, through the next couple of months at least and try to stay virus-free. So uh, with that, we're going to be uh, talking about it, and uh, we'll be back. So we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here, along with uh, Cuyahoga County Council Member Nan Baker and also Dr. Hans Reichsteiner. Don't go away. We'll be back after these words. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Okay. We're having technical difficulties here tonight. We're going to blame it on the coronavirus. <laughs> but anyway, Nan, are you still with us? Yes, I am. And, uh, Dr. Reichstein. I'm here, too. Okay. Okay, very good. Uh, you know, during the last segment, we were talking about the, the medical science concerning the virus. And uh, I know, as uh, Nan Bay mentioned earlier, we've heard some of the stuff ad nauseum. I'd like to see if we can get into some newer things. Uh, first off, we know it's a virus and it's not a bacteria, so by getting your doctor to give you uh, antibiotics is not going to help it. 
Uh, we also know that it's uh, something new. It's the novel uh, coronavirus, meaning that our bodies have no experience and therefore no antibodies for it. Uh, but we have to get on. We're going to be, all of us listening here from sometimes between now and the end of April or even beyond, are going to have to go to the store and uh, purchase uh, foods and medicines and, and things like that. And the question is, how safe is it, depending on, well, first of all, on your age, the younger the better. If you're over 60, you have a higher risk. Uh, so, um, so, doctor, how do we go to the store? Is it safe? Well, I'd say the best, the best advice I have is to uh, plan your trips, make a list, and keep the number of trips to a minimum. Uh, so, you know, if you're used to going to the grocery store every day or every other day, uh, try to consolidate those trips and go once a week and include the trip to the bank on the same trip. Uh, just consolidation would be the, the biggest thing, I think. Uh, primarily for people who are 60 and over, they're the people at most risk. Why are they at risk? Well, I think it all has to do with comorbidities. It's not, it's not so much age, I don't think. It's, but they go hand in hand. As we get older, we develop congestive heart failure. We, we develop uh, the um, COPD, diabetes. These are all things that uh, really increase the risk of dying from uh, COVID-19. So the older people take the brunt. So older people, definitely, and that's been defined uh, over and over again as people over 60. Of course, people over 60 have a greater risk compared to people over 70 who have a yet greater risk and people over 80 who have the greatest risk, 80 and beyond. Uh, so they're, they're going to have to maybe be out and about. Uh, they should still keep their distances. But uh, you and I had a conversation earlier today concerning what they call the aerosolization or putting the virus into an aerosol format or, or state that would have the uh, virus free floating in the air for some amount of time. Uh, tell us, what, what happens when a virus is in an aerosol state? Well, it's attached to a water droplet, either from a cough or a sneeze, but just breathing. Uh, you mentioned the, the letter P. <laughs> That's a, another source. Uh, just talking, it, it happens naturally. So the virus is attached to a small water droplet, and... Within the next minute or two after it comes out, it floats in the air. The air uh, rather rapidly evaporates the water, and within a couple of minutes or so, the virus is by itself. And it's a tiny little particle, 120 nanometers, which will mm -hmm. sail through the 300 nanometer holes in an N95 mask. That's, that's an interesting point because uh, it seems everybody is looking for uh, N95 masks. And uh, looking at the mask like it's going to be the ultimate barrier from the virus. Is that true? No. Uh, the, the three main uses for M95 masks are, number one, for people who are sick with a respiratory problem. They should wear a mask at all times when they're in public and even in their house. Number two, for medical personnel who, who have to take care of people with the coronavirus and who are in the water droplet area all the time, the mask will stop the water droplets. So it's some protection if you're 
in close proximity to people who are sick with coronavirus. And number three, this is an odd one you probably haven't heard, people who can't keep their fingers off their face. Maybe you should consider wearing a mask just to, as a reminder so you're not touching yourself all the time. Wearing a mask to prevent getting sick from coronavirus is silly, and it's a waste of the natural re- national resource, the mask. So, so don't wear a mask <laughs> unless you have one of those three things I just talked about. Yeah. Is, is, is there a difference between an N95 mask and a surgical mask? Well, the, the masks we wear in surgery are not anywhere near as uh, uh, tight at filtering as an N95. That's the, that's the industry standard. And, but we don't run into these problems. I mean, it's, it's, we're more interested in bacteria in the OR than viruses. One thing, and bacteria are much larger, so ordinary surgical masks will filter them. But the filtering power of an ordinary mask is nowhere near as much as an N95. That's why they're in demand. Uh, is primarily the N95 going to prevent uh, the droplets from, from coming out or getting through, coming uh, from the outside of a patient trying to get in? No, it's from the inside of the patient who is sick with coronavirus getting out to the rest of us. That's what the main function of the mask is. Why, why is it so important that first responders and ER people and hospital staff have uh, N95 masks? Because they're dealing up close and personal with people who are infected, some of them quite ill, and not all of them wearing masks. They're, they're assisting breathing. They're right, their face is right up next to, to these people. They're transporting them taking their blood pressure, and so the, the water droplets that are coming out can easily get into to the respiratory systems of the healthcare worker, and that's why they need to wear a mask, maybe even more protection than the mask. You know, a lot of people are wearing full-body protection. And that's still, and that's still looking for uh, protecting against the droplets. Well, let me ask Nan Baker uh, for Cuyahoga County, mm-hmm. how are we doing on uh, personal protective equipment. Are are we being stocked? Is it on, is help on the way? Uh, help is on the way. Uh, we can always use more. Um, you know, they're they're right now accommodating um, and and helping those that are in need. But they're also um, anxious about the surge that uh, is anticipated, uh, not only in Cuyahoga County but as Ohio as a whole. And I think that it's the upcoming surge that uh, we are trying to prepare for. So that is um, that is where our focus is. And uh, you know, I wanted to mention too that the um, County Board of Health is now going to be having uh, regular media briefings every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, they're going to do that until they're no longer needed. And uh, so. If anyone wants to know any of the current stats that are going on right from the, the Board of Health itself, they will be holding regular Monday, Wednesday, Friday briefings on where we're at, how many cases there are, how they're handling it, uh, all of the details that you know we're talking about today. Do, do we know what time the Board of Health will have their briefing? You know, it, um, they had uh, a briefing on March 18th at 8.45 a.m., so I'm going to take a leap that that's probably the time they will have those briefings uh, when they continue. 
and increase it uh, to more more days of the week. So 8:45 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They're actually so at the two minutes, two minutes. Parma, Ohio, um, Board of Health office. So it's not somewhat local. Well, that well that that will help us uh, plan our day. So we have our 8:45. Uh, Monday, yep. Wednesday, and Friday, Board of Health uh, briefing, our 2 p.m. daily governor briefing with Governor DeWine. Yes. And uh, the White House usually has a briefing somewhere between 5 and 6 p.m. Yeah. So we, we can stay on, on top of this. Uh, we understand also in the news today that here in Ohio, Bechtel Corporation is going to have a plan to sterilize uh, about 80,000 N95 masks per day and circulate those around. So I'm assuming that should help the first responders and the, the frontline healthcare providers with having uh, the appropriate mask. Uh, and then you mentioned the surge. When, when are we looking at the surge in about two weeks, do I understand? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get that question. Well, what was well, your gonna, question? Take a, yeah, the question, we have about, we have less than a minute now before we take our next break, but. Uh, let's talk about the surge and uh, when when we're looking at the surge and what what are the uh, dimensions of the surge? How many cases are we looking at, or what are we planning for? Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, you know, it is all uncertain. I mean, they're they're you know hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Uh, I believe that uh, we are prepared for it, but they are reinforcing what we need to do so that we can keep that kept that that line down. Um, like I said, we're right now at 370 cases. On on uh, Thursday before this Saturday, we were at 200 and, um, 259 cases. So we see it growing 10, 100, 200. Um, you know, it's really, like I said, uncertain, but knowing that there would probably be a surge is what they're preparing for. Well, this is a story, obviously, that's continuing on. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with uh, Nan Baker, Cuyahoga County Council Member, and also Dr. Hans Reichsteiner from Wisconsin, talking about uh, the government and the medicine involved in COVID-19 and specifically how it's handling us. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. that we're all dealing with. It, um, you know, right now we have 78 that are hospitalized. Uh, if that doubles, you know, that's where we're, we're looking to, can we handle double? Can we handle triple? Uh, it is, um, you know, cases right now, uh, if you're showing signs and you understand and been tested and you're not, and you're able to take care of yourself, they're telling you to just stay quarantined and, uh, you know, stay in touch and make sure that we understand if there's your symptoms are beyond what you can do uh, getting through it at home. But young people uh, tend to be able to get through that, especially if they don't have any pre-existing conditions. Um, and, and those are the type of things that, uh, you know, Cuyahoga County is doing and making sure that uh, they can care for those that, uh, that need the help. Well, we're, we're talking about... Uh how the spread is going to work. And I think, Nan, you mentioned earlier, we plan for the worst and hope for the best. And 
nothing is set in stone. And I know that a lot of us are out here trying to really maintain our distancing and really wash our hands, don't touch our face, follow and play by all the rules. And uh, we've seen that uh, over the last weeks or so with the information coming from the state uh, health department that that spike didn't occur here, that we are slowing it down. Uh, let me ask Dr. Uh, Reichsteider, uh, how how does distancing work? Is it effective? Well, I personally think the most effective way to do it is something that Nan touched on, and that's if you're not feeling well, you need to be at home. You need to have somebody buying groceries for you, and you need to not leave your house. In China and in Korea, they had pretty good success uh, stopping their epidemics. What they don't talk about is the fact that when you had symptoms in China, whether you tested or not, you were basically imprisoned in one of the, the temporary hospitals. They had a place for men. They had a place for women. They didn't care whether you were the coronavirus or not. The tests aren't actually that good. 30 to 60% is the test that they were using. That's the test that we're using. That's like flipping a coin. So hmm. if, you, if you have respiratory symptoms, you should stay home. You know, hmm. Americans don't like to be in prison, but it wasn't that many years ago, and Nick can remember, people went to the sanatorium when they had tuberculosis. There was a court order, and if they didn't show up, the police picked them up and put them in there. That's kind of the way it should be thought about now. If you are sick, stay home. Yeah. And uh, that's the biggest That's the biggest thing that can flatten the curve. That's very good. Yeah. And then from the county standpoint, have we been seeing compliance with uh, with people? Uh, and just as an example, I, was, uh, I drove with my wife through the park district, the metro parks, and we saw yeah. a lot of people walking on the, uh, on the parkway trails on the all-purpose paths. And one thing I did notice, I didn't see many old people out there, but a lot of young people walking. Is our distancing, right. are we taking it seriously? Are we really having an effect? You know, I, I think that we are. Um, you know, our law department uh, has issued guidelines uh, to our police department so that they know what they can do if they do see the uh, people are disregarding the state order. Um, they, A person who is disregarding the state order is... Um, can can receive significant uh, misdemeanor penalties. So it's not like this is not something that they people can be charged with if they're found uh, to be um, disregarding the state order, being out, being in crowds, uh, doing what uh, they know they shouldn't be doing, and uh, right now is uh, is illegal. Um, also, the um, Department of Health is documenting all calls regarding businesses that are out of compliance with the governor's orders. Um, you know, that's another uh, piece of this that um, we also need to make sure. And then credentialing, um, making sure that our public health and other critical employees are doing the right thing, that they are following the guidelines is also being uh, reviewed uh, under the governor's orders. So I would say yes, um, that we are in Cuyahoga County taking it seriously. Uh, I hope that the Flattening of the line will will show that, and that the fear of the surge isn't going to be as as what we hope it won't be, um, and and it's because of people staying home. And you know, I'd have to say too, our our private sector, our small businesses, 
um, you know, you talk to them and their first priority is their customers. So as much as they would love to have their customers back and as much as it's hurting them right now to keep their doors closed, uh, it is really their customers that they want to make sure they stay healthy and that they want to only come back when they know that it's uh, free to come back without worry of uh, putting their customers in harm's way. So we really, you know, it's, when we say we're all in this together, it's the private sector like the tell who is doing things to help uh, with, with the mass. There's also um, testing. Um, uh, Abbott Laboratories came out with a small uh, portable tester that uh, FDA has now approved, and they say they can get a test within five minutes. Um, so I think that um, it's, it's more than just an individual. It is uh, neighbors, helping neighbors and families and, and our police department and our health departments. Um, it is all of us in it together, along with our private sector businesses that are also um, really taking a huge hit in uh, what they had going, and some of them really can't afford to stay closed. Um, we hope that when this is over, uh, we will all be able to get back to business and um, resume our lives as we had known before, if not perhaps a bit altered uh, because we're, we're smarter than we were before. But um, it is uh, in Cuyahoga County, it is an, an all-out effort to make sure that everybody understands the seriousness of it and that they abide by the rules given down by the governor and that our police, law department, health department um, are all in it to make sure that people do the right thing. And uh, I, I do believe that we're there. I, I think that there's an overall, I think there's an overall sense that uh, because of this, our lives are being interrupted and we're in a big holding pattern and we're all in a holding pattern together. And some of the good stories coming out there are how people are doing nice things, even under these circumstances. And uh, we're going to see how this all plays out financially in the business world as we go forward. But I, I think that looking at it from a business standpoint, that's in the future. Uh, we're going to see uh, Americans responding uh, very clearly for, with the pent-up demand that they're, they're putting off for now. Uh, to catch up on birthdays and weddings and travels and vacations and so on. So um, doing and following the orders to make sure this works is very important. Uh, one, one quick question before our, our break for Nan. Uh, I noticed that there's a significant percentage of healthcare workers who are testing positive. Uh, and I would assume that with more PPE or personal protection equipment coming in, that right. that should cut that percentage down in the future. Is that seem to be the going thought? Yes. And, you know, as, as the doctor mentioned, it is our healthcare workers that are on the front lines, and we have to make sure that they have what they need. We have others that are also helping with in grocery stores and food banks, but those that are on the front lines helping those that are at the most sick, absolutely, um, we are making sure that they have what they need in order to not get sick. They're, they're the most valuable people we have right now um, to care for others. Well, that, that is uh, so true, and we, we need them because as the surge comes along, we cannot be short staffed. So anyway, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate. We'll be back after these words. <laughs> 
Don't go away. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Okay, hi, this is Nicholas back with you for our final segment of The Advocate. Nan Baker, are you with us? Yes, I am. Okay, and, and Dr. Reichsteiner, are you with us? Yes, as well. Oh, very, very, very good. Well, this is our final segment tonight, and I'd like to thank again Nan Baker, Cuyahoga County Council Member, and also Dr. Hans Reichsteiner uh, for their participation tonight in this. Uh, this is a life-and-death matter for most of us. It is to be taken very seriously. And I think most people are taking it seriously. Uh, Nan from the county, is there a sense of optimism, or are we still looking uh, to the dark storm clouds out on the horizon? Yeah, I I think that we're still uh, holding on and uh, dealing with this today and, uh, you know, like I said, anticipating perhaps a surge. Um, the next two weeks, I think, will be very telling because everyone has been under house rules for at least two weeks. Now we're going into another two weeks. So I think that uh, that span of four weeks, so hopefully we will see the light at the end of the tunnel in order to look forward to uh, a better day. But uh, right now we're still in the crisis stage of making sure that we don't, you know, take our foot off the pedal. We're um, just as serious about it today as we were a week ago, and we'll be next week. Well, for all the reasons we talked about tonight and for all the reasons all the other health officials are talking about it, the idea of putting up with the inconvenience of distancing ourselves, staying at home, and limiting our, our going out into the community is much less inconvenient than having the disease and possibly having to go to the hospital having to go into an ICU bed, and having to go into a ventilator if there is one available. So in in any event, I I see that some statistics are pointing to the flattening of the curve by the compliance that we're doing with our our separation. I I did talk to Dr. Reinsteiner earlier uh, about some good news, and this is only anecdotal possible good news that we'll have to keep an eye on, see if it pans out, but... uh, Dr. Reichsteiner, you and I talked about some examples of how the population may have some type of natural uh, protection against the virus. So can you tell our audience what that's about? Well, I heard a talk from a, from a retired WHO, World Health Organization, epidemiologist from Israel. And he said that, uh, he pointed out that uh, we can't forget the cruise ships. There were six or eight cruise ships at the very beginning of this, like two months ago, that wandered around the world. They couldn't find the port because they had coronavirus on board. Eventually, they were all you know, in port, and they took care of the problem. But the interesting thing is the highest percentage of infection on, on, on any of those ships was only 20%. Now, you would think everybody would be infected but only 20%. 
So he postulated that 80% of humanity has some natural immunity. Um, most of the, half the viruses that cause the common cold are coronaviruses. This one is just one we've never seen before, but they're cousins. So it's possible 80% of humanity has some partial immunity because they've had the cold before. And uh, he went on to say, why else would, would an epidemic in China, which is taken off, taken off for the moon, all of a sudden just roll over and play dead? It completely went away, the same in Korea. And that's and what happened now in the state of Washington. How, how is it that a virus just stops spreading? What, what can make well, a virus it, stop from spreading? In this, in, this, in this scenario, it runs out of people it can infect. Because 80% of people, for some reason, don't get it. This is just well, a theory. <laughs> well, it's a theory. Well, we're going to have the real-life laboratory of actual cases, uh, and uh, we're going to be doing that. The best way that the government can do this is by testing and developing the, the numbers and then doing the analytics. And, uh, Nan, yeah. uh, more tests are on the way here in, in the Cleveland area. Yes. Well, I, I, when I saw this article for the Abbott uh, Laboratory and uh, putting out that they're going to have this mobile piece of equipment uh, where they can do 50,000 tests a day by April 1st, I uh, immediately emailed my uh, staff in, at the county offices, and they responded and said, we're going to send that on to UH, um, Metro, and uh, the Cleveland Clinic. So. Um, you know that that those are the type of things that uh, that we need to make sure that uh, we're doing all we can. Like I said, it, both in the public and private sectors, we're all partners. Uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to make sure that if anyone had any additional questions of, of county services, they can go right to the county website, which is www.cuyahogacounty.org. Go to the county website. There's all kinds of information about what uh, is being done, what the resources are, um, different media briefings, uh, there's strategic plan, all anything you would want to know of what the county is doing. They're really doing their best to keep you updated if you go to their website. And um, it, it would make a, a great tool um, for those that are, have the ability to do that. Oh, that, that is excellent. And as long as we're giving out websites uh, to get the latest state information, go to coronavirus.bio.gov, and you'll get right onto the dashboard and find out what the numbers of cases are and what the trends are, are looking like. And if you have the opportunity to get a test, get a test as they become available. And uh, I understand, uh, doctor, there's uh, a, a new set of symptoms that are being recognized now, and that's the loss of smell and the loss of, loss of taste. Yeah, so, I think that's uh, something that happens in the fourth, fifth, or sixth day. I don't think that's an early symptom, but uh, I think that well, the, the one symptom that's overlooked the most is shortness of breath. You know, we all get the cold from time to time, but if you have trouble going up uh, stairs and you've got a cold, odds are it's the coronavirus. The shortness of breath is an important symptom. That's the mm -hmm. big thing. Well, I'd like yep. to uh, thank both of you for joining us tonight. Uh, uh, Kaiser County Council. Cuyahoga Council Member Nan Baker, thank you so much, and thank you for your work thank with you. the county, and keep us posted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to get the word out. Well, we're all going to hopefully stay safe and uh, and healthy uh, through these next months. And uh, by the way, we've been through this for about a month and a half now. And uh, looking yeah. backwards, it went by very quickly. So let's hope the future goes by quickly with uh, less harm and, and more <laughs> good news. And uh, and Dr. Rechsteiner, thank you so much for joining us again. We appreciate you coming and out and sharing your I got a great Yogi Berra quote from 1950. Nobody's going to remember Yogi Berra except you and me. But he once I said, remember. never predict never predict anything, especially the future. Yeah, that sounds like him. <laughs> well, thank you, yep. thank you both for uh, for joining us tonight. And uh, we'll, we'll get back together as this, the rest of the notes going on. So thank you very much. And thank you for listening tonight. We want everyone out there to... Stay safe and healthy and be with us for the next month ahead. So, between same time, same station, so between now and then, good night. In a dream, or in my drifting days after the war, I found a tea room north of the Mozambique shore. Worn Persian carpet on the sandwood floor. Road-pointed slippers by the bamboo door On the wall a faded picture of a movie queen Torn from the pages of some ancient magazine Sleeping parrot, dreaming parrot dreams And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea Nothing to do until morning And only my 